Welcome back to another episode of JP and the Beans Talk. You bet. There's a great energy in the gym. We're in it. You're in it. We're all in it. It's fantastic. It's great. It's we're fantastic. supersetting. We're growing. We're gaining. It's incredible. We yeah. are. We are growing and gaining. Yep. And Creatine is just flying around like candy, fish oil pills. What else? What are we exchanging here? Biotine. <laughs> Iotine, all the teens, As Iotine, I... creatine, nicotine, we're lifting in the 70s, smoking, because it feels good. Isn't that weird? You ever see pictures of professional athletes back in the like, 50s, 60s, and 70s smoking in locker rooms? You know what's even At weirder? time. Do you want to even know what's weirder? Yes. Never in my life have I had a cigarette, yep. but some days when I'm like, just like, Stressed, I'm like, yep. I could really go for a cigarette right now. Does that make sense? I was like, I don't get it, but that's why I was like, you get the appeal of that. And I'm like, maybe it's yeah. just been wired in my brain from media. It makes Could sense. Be. Big tobacco's getting you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So those damn candy cigarettes. Would we be above a, a tobacco endorsement? Like, if a tobacco company was like, hey, we're going to sponsor your podcast, would, would we be above that? How much? <laughs> So <laughs> I mean, what's the line? <laughs> they all know they're getting cancer. What, what else? What else is new? In other words, we can be bought. Consider that. Yeah, well, because we can bribe well, someone. We're well, well, like think about it this way: Are we talking like cigarettes? Or are we talking like cigars? Cigars are kind of classy, you know. Sure, cigars have class. I was thinking cigarettes in particular. I personally never understood the appeal. I haven't either. Yeah, it's just bad for you. It'd be even. So it'd be. It. It'd be even funnier if we're just like. Camel. It'll kill you, but it's camel. <laughs> but they're paying us to show it to you. Yes. <laughs> that actually be kind of fun if you could do transparent endorsements where you weren't actually obligated to act as though you use or enjoy or expect others to enjoy the product. Like if you could just be really blunt about, this is a cigarette. It's terrible for you. I don't recommend it. But they're giving me money to show it to you, so... There it is. Oddly enough, that's the way I am about this podcast. <laughs> hey, if you want to watch it, cool. If not, cool. I don't care. It'll kill you. It's whatever you do in your free time. <laughs> Wild times. Well, tobacco products notwithstanding. How about other things that can kill you? Like having hope in certain comic book entities to give us some kind of cohesive, tangible... Wait wait a minute. We we got real live news. We got actual Riley. news. Hold the phone. And it was in the month of January like it was promised. Wow. Right at the tail end, but it yeah, was there. They, they really stretched it out, but well, they got there. Jimmy and Pete, JP, or maybe we should call them PJ. Let's call them PJ. PJ, the heads of DC, came out with a portion of what they are choosing to call... Chapter One, Gods and Monsters, which is like an epic, very comic-worthy title for their phase one. They're calling it Chapter One. Um, a lot of broad strokes here, so they've clearly left themselves plenty of room to, to alter, which, fine, in the future. So let's let's run through the highlights this is gonna be a very dc centric podcast which I'm, I'm actually excited for we're about due there's a lot of meat on this bone we're about to chew this due. is the state fair turkey leg and we're gonna we're just gonna have at it 
You're not circulating. Well, already, no, no, first of all, first, no, no, first of all, if it's meat, Jordan, it's meat. Okay. 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 We're good. Okay. Secondly, I was just like, I don't know if I want to compare it to a turkey leg just yet. What would you compare it to? Uh, if not a turkey leg. See, I'm trying to think of like smaller bird. Well, and some, some. I was thinking something more mediocre. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't want to build it up to a turkey leg. Okay. You, you know what so I mean? Instead of having a turkey Thanksgiving, you're presented with a small Cornish game hen. Has that ever happened to you? Happened to me once. It was ridiculous. Did you throw the hen back at them? One and two. Yeah, you should have. One and two. It would have been justified. Out of just sheer politeness, I didn't. I would have. I would. One and two. I would have paid your bail. Thank you. Okay, I'll keep that in mind for the future. All right, so you're going with smaller bird. I'm getting my hopes up, only to have my heart broken again. But let's talk about it. So we got DC Chapter One: Gods and Monsters. James Gunn announcing a portion of the slate, and not the whole slate. Very James Gunn. Ask very much so. Our worries were brought to light. <laughs> now, could that be good or bad? It could definitely work in their favor. Boy, time will it, tell, it, won't it? It did for Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. and I would say for the second Suicide Squad, it did work as well. So, yep. So I continue to just bounce between optimism and pessimism. But enough, enough semantics. Let's let's dive into it. Okay, we'll start broad, kind of up top, and just hone our focus in. So the highlights. James tells us. There will be two movies and two shows per year. How do you feel about that? I love it because it's digestible. Right. It's digestible because it's... Seems like the right amount of content. Right. Because right. if you're thinking about it, two movies and two shows, a show will probably take up two months. So you're probably looking at two months movie. Right. Two months no, that's not how that works. But no, no, but there's there's enough space there to, to digest it. Right. Absolutely. Right. Yep. So spacing solid. Right. So I think I think that's just about right for the start. Sure. I think max maximum you do three shows, three movies. I don't think you proceed anything. I think the sweet spot would be three movies, two shows. Okay. I think that would be just the sweet spot. Fair enough. But I think this is great. This is a great start. Take yeah. take your time. I think that's the best thing that can come out of this. You are taking your time, and you are making a point to take your time. Yeah, no need to rush. All right, we'll keep moving here. So two movies and two shows per year. Beginning, officially, the DCU officially begins on July 11th in the year 2025. So just uh, just a touch more than two years from now. We'll get there. We, we hope so. With Superman Legacy. So, new Superman actor, new Superman character, new Superman storyline. That's your official start to the DCU, July 11th, 2025. A uh, couple other items of note. There will be, I don't know how to even phrase this, allowance for Elseworlds content, which most relevantly means that Matt Reeves the Batman, which came out, oh geez, not that long ago, and was fantastic. March, as it turns out, of 2022. Almost a year. Continue, right, will continue to uh, both exist and proceed with its production efforts to the sequel, which we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit more, but that will be specifically categorized as an Else Worlds product so it's not going to be tied into the dcu october 3rd 2025 thank you okay and a couple other items of note 
there is an intention, spoken by Mr. Gunn, to harmonize the live action and animated products with the same actors and actresses providing the voice work that are playing these characters in the live action productions, whether that be movies or shows. So if if they can pull that off, that would be some admirable and very much enjoyable cohesiveness. Because one thing this made me think of was with What If, while that wasn't a you know a show I've chosen to rewatch, it was top notch when they had, and it was sometimes, not all the time, but when they had the same actors providing the voices for the characters that we have come to expect in the live action shows and movies, that was great. So good thing to pursue there. So those are your broad, broad strokes, big topics. I'm in agreement with you. Two movies and two shows feels like a great place at bare minimum to start. And I also don't want to see them crank up the throttle to what we've seen in the past year on the Marvel side. Right. It's just flat out too, too many. much. It's too much. You can't consume it. And here's what's been fascinating to me, Riley, is just in conversations with folks that share common interests to ours in terms of the MCU, what will be the DCU, superhero movies in general, there are so many people that have not watched any number of the new shows or even movies simply because of a certain amount of fatigue. Like, good grief, how am I supposed to keep up with this? Because it's so much content. And so hopefully, right, we're not in this from a competitive, you know, point of view of what we want one of Marvel or DC to beat the other. I would like a really healthy both. That would be great. A both and would be fantastic. So hopefully Marvel throttles back. DCU is now throttling up. Hopefully they both are just competitive in a way that's a win for us where they're outdoing themselves with the quality of that content, not so much the quantity. Yes, fight to the death for me. Yeah. Gladiator style. I think if you want to pull the scope back even further, I think some of that is taking place holistically, like across the landscape of entertainment because you have all these streaming services that are putting out loads of original content flooding the market just to try and like gain a corner, gain a slice. Like If you're looking at it like a pie chart, they're just trying to get a bigger piece of the pie just by pumping so much more content out. And at some point, that's not sustainable because people can't watch all this stuff. There is too much for people to watch. And that's the whole point of producing these movies and shows. You only make money on them if people consume them. So I think there's going to be an overall course correction that is already starting to take place where there's scaling back, winnowing down, which I think is just appropriate. It's just more cost effective from a business point of view. But To bring it back to the DC focus, patience is great, right? There is no need to rush. Just like Marvel has dozens of characters that we would enjoy seeing, so does DC. So let's not burn through all of them. Let's take our time, focus on the right amount, about 12 or 15 for a good decade, and then you can transition to that next batch and so on and so forth. So I totally agree. We're in no hurry once it gets started. <laughs> right. That's where I'm impatient. As I'm just eager for it to get started and be on firm footing. But hopefully good things come to those who wait. I think so. Yeah. Anything you want to touch on with the gaming side? I mean, I, I'm not a gamer. I know that was part of James Gunn announcement with 
trying to sync up the gaming arm or wing of DC with the movie and TV show arm. I, I have, I just genuinely have no opinion. See, this that. is this is where it gets a little, like a little oomph to me. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think we need to go that far. Like it seems overly ambitious, doesn't it? Right, and like I think you're limiting the gamers or the video game companies into what they can yeah. actually do. Yeah. Like they're releasing a suicide, they're releasing a Suicide Squad game with, uh, uh, and the whole premise of the game. Wow, I'm off. You're Anyways, fine. You're fine. Uh, the whole premise of the game is the Suicide Squad's going around trying to kill the Justice League because the Justice League went rogue. So mm-hmm. it is also. Uh, Kevin Conroy's last voicing of Batman. Ah, sure. So, um, I don't... I just think it's very limiting to what they can do, and also I don't know what they would do. So, and I don't think it needs... It just seems unnecessary. Right, and I don't... I can't remember the last video game that did well based right off of a movie. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's some movies that have done well based off video games. But not the other way not around. The other way around. No, you're you're absolutely. For right. the most part, there's probably a few that I'm no, not thinking. No, that's, that's a great point. The vast majority, that's your pattern, and I, I think part of what's so enjoyable, I would imagine. Again, not a big, not a big gamer, but don't you want to have the freedom to explore other characters, other storylines? Like you don't want, I don't think at least, to experience what you've already experienced. Well, either that or I don't want to have to go play a video game to know what happened to that specific character. Mm-hmm. That's great that the video game's cool and all, but I don't want to have to go play it just to be like, oh, so this person dies sure. in the video game, was shown in the show, and now... Yeah, yeah, to like, get that resolution. I don't want that. Yeah, I, and too, I, too much of a commitment. Right, too and much. I, I think animated could be done. See, it's just... Yeah. I don't know. It's such a different, just a different medium. Yeah, no question. Okay, we won't spend any more time on the video game side. So let's hone the focus in to Chapter 1, Gods and Monsters. I love the name. I think that's a great, great title for it. And I like that there is a title. I like that it's more than just a, a Phase 1 or a Chapter 1. I enjoy that. It feels very on-brand for comics. I do like it as well. It's great. It's badass. It is. It is. Let's hit the films. That are coming out. We'll run through the roster quickly, and then we'll come back and and give our give our thoughts and take them apart piece by piece. All right, the movies, as mentioned, Superman Legacy, July eleventh, twenty twenty five. From here on out, we don't have release dates for anything, which is fine. Uh, any release date that we would be given right now would be subject to a lot of changes. Anyhow, after Superman Legacy, you have the Authority. Then. The Brave and the Bold. Then Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Then Swamp Thing. Those are your five films, again, that have so far been announced for Chapter 1. Your shows, Creature Commandos. Animated feature, okay. Waller, Booster Gold, Lanterns, and Paradise Lost. Ten pieces of content. James Gunn throwing the big old bone out to us fans. Let's take it from the top, Riles. Superman Legacy. What do you feel good about with Superman Legacy? I mean, I think uh, everybody should be excited to see Superman back on the screen. I think it's nice. I think the the best thing about this whole release is the Trinity is 
all in this first chapter, which I think is very important. Mm. Um, I'm curious to see how young they're going to go with Superman sure. and how old their Batman is going to be. Because mm-hmm. if I were them, I would be keeping their Superman and their Batman around the same age. Yep. So I'll be curious to see what, what they do with that. Um, oh, man. Other than that, I was kind of... I was kind of just liking, I was liking speculating, like, what they were going to do with it. And, like, who, like, for instance, who would you bring in as a villain for this movie? Yeah. Because the whole premise, they said, was he was balancing his Kryptonian uh, heritage heritage with his human upbringing. upbringing. Yeah. Which sounds to just sounds so broad and generic, I, I don't know what to necessarily draw from that that just sounds like well yeah that's superman that doesn't sound particularly unique and i don't mean that as a as a negative critique i just mean that as a well okay right <laughs> that's a that's kind of a nothing burger in my mind to me it just sounds like it's a superman that's not really super comfortable as a kryptonian gotcha that's how i guess i take it gotcha so i don't know i was thinking like if it were me i'm bringing in lex luthor for the first movie, 100%. set set him up and set him up to stay. Correct. Um, I think the first villain. I think you go the new fifty two route with Bizarro, mm-hmm. and then you just so it shows off how smart Lex Luthor is. It shows Superman like, hey, like right. The new fifty two Lex Luthor cloned Superman, which produced Bizarro. Right. Yep. And then Superman seeing, oh, this is what <laughs> happens if my powers are out of control. This is the extent of what my powers can be, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. And I think you can show Connor Kent at the end of it where he's perfected the cloning. Yeah. So I think that that would be my choice. Yeah. No, I'm in agreement with Lex Luthor in particular. I think he needs to be introduced and established as the long-standing villain that he's capable of being. So no need to mess around. And I'll tell you what – I've, I've said before, I don't mind, personally, I don't mind Batman v Superman as a movie, right? It's not a movie I hate. I watch it and I go, all right, I'm entertained by that. The one piece of that movie that ages poorly or most poorly for me is how they portrayed Lex Luthor it, in well, that movie. It just didn't fit. No. It wasn't him. No, correct. It wasn't Lex Luthor. It's just a different crazy rich dude. You know, crazy rich person. So, right. not Lex Luthor. So, you just need to stay on brand with Lex Luthor. He needs to be formidable enough to be an opponent of Superman's. Cold, calculating. Yeah. He's smart. That's the whole point. Yeah. Absolutely ruthless. Right. Absolutely ruthless. Doesn't trust Superman at all. So, there's a great opportunity to get that villain right. Because part of what is so challenging with the character of Superman is when he is so extraordinarily powerful, right? So capable. How do you create any genuine conflict, any genuine or tangible possibility that, hey, he may not win? That's hard to get that villain right for Superman. I think that's one of the biggest barriers that he has had at being a compelling character on screen is because you need to give him someone or some ones that can really... Uh, make things tough on him, which, for what it's worth, I think Man of Steel did really well, which just, once again, brings up the fact that you and I need to watch 
made of steel it's fair. together. I think, and see, I think with that whole premise too, Zod would be really yes. well for this movie. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, they just did him. Mm-hmm. So you can't justify doing it him again. Yeah. Yeah. And you have Brainiac, which I think would be great, but I think you save Brainiac because you Yeah, and you we'll can get, always expand cosmic. Right, and well yeah. and we'll get into it later, but Supergirl <coughs> is confirmed to be coming. Yep. I think it yep. makes more sense if you have all the Kryptonians together against Brainiac, because Brainiac is that much tough. tougher than Lex. Yeah. So I don't know, that's where I'm at. I yep. Superman Agreed. Superman is not a character that interests me. Mm-hmm. on that level so if you can make him interesting good on you that's what I want that was like because yep. I had Wonder Woman Gal Gadot and before her I was did not care about Wonder Woman sure so sure. yeah I I think where I'm cautiously optimistic is that I think they have a chance to to have a strong reset to pull the positive qualities that did exist out of the Henry Cavill portrayal and listen, I'm a big Henry fan. Wish that he was still in the role. Sucks that he's not. That's not going to change in my mind. But I also am aware that, hey, there's other actors that can do the job and do it well. So I'm willing, again, to open my heart up <laughs> to somebody else. Uh, I just I just don't know. I feel very neutral I, about this. I think that will also depend on my entire thoughts yeah for all of these to be completely honest is like casting casting is going to be huge yep especially for superman batman and wonder woman because you just had really great actors in those roles so right if you're going to replace them you better have somebody worth a shit to go back in there and to be able to take that mantle up because i to be honest with you, I don't think I would want to be the first person to take Superman after Henry Cavill's departure. Right. So they got to find somebody that's willing to be there for a while and loves the role. And Right. So we'll see. Yeah, to be determined. All right. Well, that's Superman Legacy. Again, part of and the first part, first film that we'll see as part of Chapter 1, Gods and Monsters. All right. The next film that's been made known to us. And again, we don't really know if this is how they're going to play out chronologically that's right. what we're led to believe by how James Gunn uh, presented it but keep an open mind alright next film The Authority question mark I'm Ron Burgundy Riley I know nothing about The Authority other than what was included in the press release or the release by James Gunn and what I know is that these are characters that come from Wildstorm Comics. Now, Wildstorm, I do know that was founded, or at least co-founded by Jim Lee, a legendary comic book illustrator. I think he made his hay originally on X-Men comics, transitioned to Batman for a time. So Batman Hush, for any of you that have read that comic, that is a trademark Jim Lee production. Um, He actually helped the New 52 get off the ground way back in the day by inking or penning the uh, no inking would be the right phrasing there uh, the art for volume one of the new Justice League comics run so great artist good mind for the genre but he and I would assume some other associates started Wildstorm Comics um, in an effort to have their own essentially independent comics branch so separate from DC separate from Marvel, but I believe it's always existed DC 
adjacent. So there's been at times some crossover of characters, but I don't think there's ever been a truly uh, consistent relationship. So that's that's what I know. What do you know about the authority? Rivalry? Um, I knew. I'm looking up because this is. I need to know the the roster. I know two of them, and I don't know much about the two of them. But yeah. I know Apollo and Midnighter, mm. and yeah. I know that they are also lovers and they're dudes. So that's the only thing I know. Hey. Which is weird that I know that out of all of it. But like, won't ask like, more questions. like that's the only thing I know. Okay, so they have the Doctor, <laughs> Swift. Apollo, Jenny Sparks, Midnighter the Engineer, and Jack Hawksmore. Very, very comic names. I was just trying to see if there's anybody else I recognize. Because I couldn't remember where where Static Shock came from. Because that's what I was hoping. Mm-hmm. Like, if we were going to get any other. Like, I've been, like, all in on Static. Sure. Um, but I don't think he was Wildstorm. I think he was the one with, uh, oh, man, Icon and... I can't remember. Yeah. Well, and something I'm going to revise a little bit from my earlier history of as I do a little digging. So Wildstorm Comics did get shut down but then tied into DC a little more than 10 years ago, back in 2011 when DC launched the new 52. So it kind of got folded into the DC continuity. So I can't say, again, that I've, that I've read or delved into any you know, Wildstorm comic characters. So this is a this is a very Guardians of the Galaxy move, right? right? Hey, here's characters you've never heard of, you have no expectations of, fresh off of Superman, where everybody has an idea in their mind of who and what Superman is. So th- this just feels very James Gunn, does it not? Hey, let's pick some obscure characters and have some freedom to do some wild, wild things. It's and it's worked for him before. Yeah, I think, I think some of these it just, I think it just gives him more creative freedom to do what he wants. Yep. I think that's why he chooses some of these because he gets the there opportunity no to doubt. reinvent there a little is bit. No yeah. So, and he, I, th- I think he said this is that and Creature Commandos were like really close to his heart. So. Yeah, the weirder and more obscure that it is, the more passionate he seems to be about it. Which. Right. Hey, okay. if you can pull it off, that's what matters. <coughs> Correct. So that's all I know. I don't know much other than that. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we won't rest on that for too terribly long. All right. Next up, the brave and the bold. So our understanding is this premise will involve the introduction of the Bat family and the first live-action Portrayal of one Damian Wayne, son of Bruce Wayne, and particularly focus on that dynamic. Uh, I'm all in. I'm all in. Sounds great. Bat family, Damian Wayne as Robin. Let's go. Let's do it. You know what the weirdest thing is to me with Batman? What do you got? They either are like, no, he can't have a Robin, or... They skip all the way to the current Robin. So, like, I'm a little salty. I am a little salty in the fact that I'm like, I would have loved a Dick Grayson Robin for at least one movie. One movie. That's all I'm asking. And then he can be Nightwing for the rest of the time. Maybe the Batman 2. You're Elseworlds. Oh, my gosh. Maybe. 
But it's like, just give me yeah. one. Yeah. But I, this, this is going to be probably their most important movie on this entire list because mm. the Bat family is so integral and important yep. to DC. Yeah. I'll, I, I'm sure Nightwing will be in this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Tim Drake will be in this movie. I'll be very curious to see what they do with Jason Todd. Mm-hmm. If he's going to start off dead. If he's going to start off as like a rogue vigilante that they don't know was a lot. I, you know, sure. I don't sure. know where they're going to go with that. Yeah. Um, Damien, Damien is probably the most interesting dynamic wise for, for Bruce. Right. But I just think it's weird that we're going to have all these Robins gone through and then you're starting off with Damien. Yeah, this, this is the this is the challenge of the Batman character, and, I, and there's probably not any better time to segue into the okay. Well, how about the the big Matt Reeves elephant in the room? There's there's just an inherent awkwardness here with the fact that so you're going to try and pull off the same character, not just the same character, but one of your core characters with two separate portrayals, two separate actors, two separate storylines. Didn't they say, like, two year, when he first got the job that there wouldn't be two Batman running around at the same time? Did he not say that? Yes. And yes. we're going to have two Batman running around and at the same part time. Of the, right, and part of the announcement was, hey, all these characters are going to be unified. There's not going to be two of the same characters. <laughs> With the big caveat of, well, except for Batman. Well, because Batman <laughs> makes him a lot of money. So, I don't... It, it does. It, um, here's here's what's tough. In a vacuum, all right, this concept, I love it. I'm all for it. I love the comics inspiration they're drawing from, the Grant Morrison Batman run. It features Damian Wayne as Robin. It's outstanding. Ironically enough, though, it has very little of Bruce Wayne. It's a lot of... Damian Wayne with Dick Grayson posing as Batman. So it's very little Damian and Bruce interacting. There's some of that once the New 52 kicked off, then you have Damian and Bruce, but it's a lot and mostly of Dick Grayson, who is embodying the mantle of Batman so that nobody knows that Bruce Wayne is dead, but you know, dead, heavy air quotes in the comic sense that he's dead. He's just been sent back in time. He's coming back. Don't worry about it. Can you imagine if they're Batman? Just they start off that universe as Batman as Dick Grayson? Right. Can you imagine? It, listen, it works wonderfully in the comics. That it's, is it's so a lot of ballsy. Fun. It's a lot of fun having the Dick Grayson and Damian Wayne dynamic. So Because Dick Grayson, as you know, as Batman, certainly doesn't feel like he belongs in the role or wearing the mantle. Everybody in the Bat family thinks it's necessary but also uncomfortable right. <laughs> because, okay, you're not really Batman. And Damien's pissed because he is just ragging on Dick Grayson the whole time. Like, you're a sap. You have no right to be wearing that uniform. I should be wearing the uniform. And Dick Grayson's like, bro, you're four feet tall. <laughs> so it's a total clash of personalities um, but what's sweet about it is they grow close to each other. They are a tremendous team. And so they find common ground. They create a bond that's beautiful to witness. So I'm excited about the comics inspiration. 
in a vacuum, that's great. But then I look at the other, the other vacuum, like, wow, Matt Reeves, the Batman was tremendous. That was great. I would love to see more of that. So if there's a way to somehow, you know, experience the right amount of amnesia where I don't remember either one when I'm engaging with the other one, awesome. You definitely have to space it out. You have to be very smart and strategic with it. Sadly, that does not exist. What we're actually getting is two Batman. And saying it out loud just solidifies how weird that is. It's so weird, Riley. Can we just... Be thankful that it's not going to be an origin story for Batman again. Uh, agreed. Thank agreed. the Lord that we're not getting that. Totally agree. I'll be excited to see an experienced Batman. But, yes, it's super weird. It's so weird. And, you know, it's even crazier. I just think they're fooling themselves. They can pull that off hey? without it being weird. The Flash movie is going to make it even weirder. Because <laughs> they're going to have Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton's Batman. So we're going to have like four different Batman in a four-year span. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. It's just it's just so damn odd. I I don't know. So I want I am excited about it in that, in its own sphere but again, there's that Matt Reeves piece, and I, I don't have anything against that. I want that to continue. That was a terrific and is a terrific take on Batman and Gotham City and the expanded world. So I don't want that to be cut from the vine, but it's just awkward. I also just super awkward. I just I think it's so weird that they're gonna make Damien the first Robin. Yep. I you yep. know what? Even if you didn't want it to be Dick Grayson. Why would you not do Tim Drake first? Sure. If you're like you said, you don't have to be in a hurry. Take your time. Right, because now we're rushing to Damian Wayne. Here, here's probably why. Here's the justification for it. Okay, in the comics, it actually makes no sense. Right, <laughs> Bruce Wayne is ageless. Like he's always in his mid thirties. True. And yet he's had three young men serve as Robin grow up out of their teens into their 20s, and then he's had a child that is now, what? what's Damien, 12 years old? I don't even know. At most? Well, that's the thing, too. I, and yet, Bruce Wayne is still 35. We've never seen... 38 at most. We've never seen an older Damien Wayne. Also, Damien has also been... Also true. Damien has been the Bart Simpson of DC Comics. <laughs> He hasn't gotten past the age of 10. 100%. So I don't know what to do. I don't know what to think. I think it has everything to do with James Gunn says, hey, Damian Wayne's my favorite Robin. If you're ever gonna, Oh, for sure. Right. So if you're ever going to get Damian Wayne, you probably just have to start with him so that your Batman and your Robin, your Damian, can age together. It's... it's and Well, okay. and also to that point too, it's like I think he already knows that Nightwing by himself is already established. He is awesome. And Red Hood by himself is already established. So why would I have them as Robins first when we can just make money off of their name as well? Yeah. Yeah. But but I don't disagree. Like the Dick Grayson Robin, near and dear to my heart. It's just... That was my Robin growing up. Yep. Yep. Teen Titans. We're past it. All right. Shall we keep moving? Absolutely. All right. So Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. All right, so a Supergirl movie. We've never had that. Yeah, I don't. It's make me care. Like that, I'm just. I'll say the same thing about Superman, the Supergirl. Make me care. Mm-hmm. I think she's more of an interesting character. Sure. Because she's got like the anger issues. 
So, you know, to, to be that strong with anger issues is a little scary. Yeah. But Clark yeah. Kent's the Boy Scout. She's not the Girl Scout. She, you know, she, she kind of flies off the handle a little bit. Yep. But um, uh, I'll be I'll be interested to see what they do with her. I like I don't even know who you would like pair her up against. I think it's weird to have. I don't know. I think it's weird to have her in her own individual movie first. Sure. Rather than being a part of like a Superman film. Well, I don't mind it because part of what part of what it does is it allows for this simultaneous examination of. Both Supergirl's character and Superman's character, right? Because they both respond so differently to coming from Krypton to Earth. Superman responds in the comics, right? That the stereotype is just all this warmth, love, hope, very positive, and Supergirl is far more conflicted. So I think you've got a chance to draw some really positive things out of what is so often uh, a vanilla character with Superman through Supergirl and vice versa. You got a chance to, to ground her and pull some good qualities or more noble, let's say, qualities out of her with Superman. So my expectation is that whether it's in that Supergirl movie or in films to come, that there's going to be a lot of partnership between those two characters because I think they've got a chance to, to form a nice, uh, a, a really, really worthwhile duo. But as far as her First movie goes, not a lot of details revealed at this point, of course. So I'm open to it. I'm curious. I'm open. Yeah. I mean, I'll be open-minded. I Like I said, it's just one of those things I think I have to see more. Correct. Because, um, again, I wasn't hyped up for a Wonder Woman movie and or an Aquaman movie, and here we are. So. Yep. Yeah. All good things. All right. Swamp Thing is your fifth film. Your thoughts, Riley. Why? <laughs> like, what, what did I call it? Because chapter one is called Gods and Monsters, and we needed the monster. That's true. <laughs> Can you imagine if that was his reasoning up there? We're going to title it Gods and Monsters. This is epic. We got Wonder Woman. Superman's technically kind of like a god. This will be perfect. James, we need a monster. Swamp Thing. And then Creature Commandos. Monsters. So, Why isn't Solomon Grundy in here, right? He might be in The Brave and the Bold. Huh. But like to have a haunted pile of weeds have his third his third appearance. This is like his second or third attempt at a movie. Second attempt at a movie, I think. And Okay, okay. He just they, they, most, they, they had a TV show. They had a show. Right. right. So right. out of all the mythical characters. I cannot believe that Swamp Thing has a this massive of a cult following, and b that he just keeps getting this. I can't imagine. You're telling me Doctor Fate and Zatanna aren't more popular? That blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Absolutely mind blowing. Mm-hmm. I would, and I told you this too. I would rather have a detective chimp movie than Swamp Thing again. I don't get it. And I haven't seen any Swamp Thing movie or show. Because why? Because, again, he's a haunted pile of weeds. I have no care in the world to see him. When he comes into uh, to a story, usually it's because it's a big deal. Sure. Sure. I don't get it. I don't get this fixation with Swamp Thing. 
So that's where I'm at. Yeah, it's it's one of those very much. Listen, this just is not marketed for me, right? Like it's if it's not horror adjacent, it's just straight up horror, right? And that's not that's just not my personal cup of tea. I when I found out that the guy that had written such a phenomenal New Fifty Two run on Batman, Scott Snyder, okay, had made his bones on Swamp Thing prior to Batman. I thought, man, I, I gotta check this out. And I gave it a look and it was just it's just dark. But it was probably really well written. I know it was really well regarded, but just not my not what I'm interested in seeing. Right? And I, I mean I struggle to even connect with this character on a hypothetical level of, hey, here's why this character is interesting. I, I don't I don't get it. So uh, this is out of everything that's been announced, one that frankly I, I'm I'm probably like least interested in, just because I know hey this isn't this isn't for me, and that's okay. That's all right, right? I think part of what James Gunn and Peter Safran are trying to accomplish, and good bad who knows, but I think they're trying to do something significantly different than Marvel where you have a pretty pretty well known hey here's what a Marvel movie feels like and looks like I think what they're trying to do at DC and this is perhaps the most extreme example on the film side is provide a wider variety of genres where you don't necessarily go into a DC movie going hey this is going to look and feel like a previous DC movie that I've seen it's going to entirely depend on that character. So in that sense, again, theoretically, I'm open to it. <laughs> and I also, in a very real way, don't want to see it. For me, I need I need another character to uh, draw me into that. Yeah. I need a Dr. Fate. Yeah. I need a Zatanna. I need right. a Constantine. Sure. That would be my pick. You throw Constantine in there, I'm in. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting character. So that's where I'm at with it. Fair enough. All right. Those are the films. Let's move on to the shows, as Riley has teased, Creature Commandos, animated and written in particular by none other than James Gunn himself. Riley, what on earth do we know about freaking Creature Commandos? Here is what I know, okay? Rick Flagg's dad is a part of it. Sure. Uh, Frankenstein and his lady, a part of it. Wow. Uh, we have a... Wait a minute, could Rick Flagg come back? Right? DCU's getting reset. What if he was Frankenstein? Ooh. His dad brought him back to life? Sure. Better. He's Frankenstein. Better. Yep. Better. Um, there is a Batman villain in here, Dr. Phosphorus. There's a fish lady that I've never met in my life. There's a robotic G.I. Joe called G.I. Robot, which is hilarious. And then, for some reason, <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend, the best character from the Suicide Squad, makes his return in Weasel. Oh. Weasel's coming back. Friggin which is mind blowing. Listen, you knew James Gunn was going to get his brother in here somewhere because he always does, and that's where Weasel. His brother was also Calendar Man, though, so it's like options. You know what I mean? Options. Yeah, options. Oh, so funny! And then it sounds like a cartoon Suicide Squad. Yeah, and it's going to be animated, so I don't. I don't know what they're going to be doing. I don't know what they're going to be fighting. I don't know what Rick Flagg's dad has any business doing here. But yeah, sweet Moses. 
All right, that's enough said about that. We're I, just going to. You got more? You got I, no, more? I will say this. Hit me. With if this. anybody is going to play Rick Flagg's dad, I want it to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. And oh. that's where I will end that. Okay. Great place to end. All right, how about Waller? I don't get this. Why? Uh, yeah. Again, no. why? I don't I, get this. I did think of a premise that may work for the show. Okay. But again, why? So my premise in make my it, head. Make it right. In my premise. Make it right. Let's say you do how many episodes of Peacemaker? Like eight, six, eight, ten. I don't know, but let's say eight. I'm gonna look it up. So my thought process on it uh, would be like each episode is a different mission. Okay. Looks like there's eight episodes. So a different mission, or like there's another side episode where you see her acquiring a villain, mm-hmm. seeing that back process of that. That's kind of what I would want to see from a Waller show. Yep. It's just her like making deals to get villains and then just throwing them on these death squads mm-hmm. and then watching the mission and watching them die. Sure. That's the only thing I could think of that you could possibly pull off with this. That's hey, all I got. Hope it works. Yeah, I, I don't I don't even know where to where to go or how to jive. <laughs> with this it, it it feels forced out of all these I cannot reconcile that we can't find a way to have Henry Cavill be Superman can't find a way to have Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson's Batman be our Batman but Viola Davis is going to continue to rock it as Amanda Waller that does not compute. I don't. I, because it's not as if I, I, she hasn't like crushed it. And we're going. What an outstanding character! And, and that's nothing against Viola Davis and how she's portrayed Amanda Waller. I just don't understand the amount of screen time she's received. She's a supporting character, and they're crafting her as this pillar of the DC universe. They're they're making Why? her they're making her to be a more uh, ruthless Nick Fury. Yeah, but Nick Fury at least assembled the Avengers. No, it doesn't make uh, sense. Amanda Waller, exactly. Amanda Waller's assembling the bad guys. Even then, it's like I don't to do good things. I don't get the obsession. I don't get the obsession she's with best her. Best friends with Hawkman and Black Adam. Right. Right? That didn't make sense at all. When did she have anything to do with the Justice Society of America? I was so confused. I was like, so the government runs the Justice Society of America? Because last time I checked, that doesn't make sense. With all the ties, Riley, that are being cut from the previous iteration of these DC characters, how and why Amanda Waller is just being this Rasputin who cannot be killed. Wild to me. Wild. So this is totally on James going to prove that this makes sense because this feels forced and this feels like, hey, this is someone that I know from the Suicide Squad movie that I made, so I'm going to lean into that. I mean... That's all that it feels like. There's not... And I'm bummed by that. I just don't get it. And... Yeah, she's a great actress. I just I yes. don't I don't get it. I don't I don't I don't get the fixation. So, I find she was like in things, but getting her own show that doesn't make sense. Again, I don't know what they're going to do with her. 
Like, make her an actual adversary. Like, have her assemble a squad that's going to take down the Justice League. Do you want to make her a bad guy? Okay, now I'm interested. Because now we're seeing character development with the villains. Great. I'll, I'll get on board with that. And maybe that's where they'll go. But this in-between nonsense... I'm not there for it. Well, in the new 52, did did she not make the Justice League of America? She did. Okay. Correct. Correct. Because the Justice League was an international entity, and so then she made the JLA, which on the surface was supposed to you know serve the United States, but her purpose was for them to take down the Justice League. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, all right, enough of Waller. We've already talked about her too much. How about Booster Gold? called it. I called it. I wanted it here. I called it. I was like, just watch. It's going to be a Booster Gold show or something. I called it. Uh, right. I, I wish record. you did call it. I wish I had the receipts in front of me. Oh. I called it. You know what? I'm okay with it. I like Booster Gold. He's a unique enough character for me where I'm like, sure. he's interesting enough. You can place him so far in the future, which is where he is yep. anyways, yep. and do whatever you want and not have it affect the story at all. Yeah. I'm like, do well, it. Listen, it, it is a great premise for a character, right? Dude from the future who is a loser <laughs> comes to the past and because of all of his future tech that he's brought with him is heralded as a hero. And he just leans into it. It's like, this is great. I am a hero. You're right. Thank you for everything. We don't have... So he's just, you know, he's a poser. That's that's fascinating. And we haven't had a character like that <coughs> shown in DC or Marvel on screen yet. Yep. So I say go for it. Yep. Very much worth it. I wonder who they're going to cast for that one. Who would you cast? This this is a good, this is a fun one. Myself. <laughs> okay. Let's assume you're not eligible. Um, that's a good question. Uh if, Ideal pick is Ryan Reynolds, but he's locked up as Deadpool. I think he's also too old. I don't know. Okay. I would almost... This might sound a little crazy. I love if crazy. he was younger, okay. I would say maybe a Zac Efron. Ooh. Well, how young does he have to be? Zac's not an old dude. I don't know how old is Zac Efron. Zac's fine. That's a great choice. Thank you. I support that choice. I endorse that. That's great. Zac's got the right energy for that. Let's see. Yep. Perfect choice. Perfect choice. That's who. That's who I would pick. I'm. Tr- Let me see where his. I want to just see how old he is. Because he Wasn't can't. Was date of birth? Well, I'm looking. I can't. Can't find it. Oh, 1987. Oh, the guy's my age. Let's go. Wow, look at that. Let's go. Zach's you... in Booster Gold. All right, you're welcome, James. Got that one solved for you. Well, now I feel like a dick. <laughs> I'll hit you later. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> off screen. Off screen. Great. I'm glad I can look forward to that. <laughs> Is he like really old? Cool, bro. Cool. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking his age was. I was thinking he was like, I don't know why. <laughs> Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. All right. So good on you. You called Booster Gold. Uh, intriguing. Again, details extraordinarily light. But hey, we'll see what they get for us. The, the TV show seems like the right place for our boy Booster. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Speaking of the right place for a TV show, Lanterns. Oh boy. Probably the best announcement out of all of the things that were announced. In my opinion, I'm more excited about this than Batman and the Brave and the Bold. It's close. 
I'm also a I sucker for Green Lantern. No, I, I don't know. I don't disagree. I don't know where I stand yet. That's still settling for me. But I, I'm respecting the energy there. I think we're. I think it's awesome. We're getting Hal and John. Correct. I think Hal Jordan, John Stewart, two, arguably the two best Green Lanterns. No doubt. So. I think it's great you're throwing them in a show together. I think it would be really cool if Hal Jordan was kind of like Batman in the sense he's already had a couple of years as Green Lantern and he's kind of training and showing Jon Stewart the ropes. I think it's interesting they're going a detective-esque route. Love that. I like it a lot. I just think it's weird because I don't know if in the comics they are detective-esque, if that makes sense. You would know more than I would. Yep, yep. It's not off-brand. I wouldn't say it's directly on the nose. You know, they are a intergalactic peacekeeping force. Right. right? So they're space cops. Yeah, they're space cops. Yeah, so they're detective-adjacent. They are not, pardon me, detectives in the strict sense that you see Batman, you know, operate as a detective where he's examining evidence, pursuing leads. So I would say in the Green Lantern comics that I have run with Jeff Johns and his run, it was more in the broad sense. There, there was a lot more, let's say, soldiering. Right, 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 right. Right? So uh, I don't mind them leaning into that element, however. I think that is great. And just like you, I'm just hungry for Green Lantern content. I love the choice, just like you, of the characters of Hal Jordan. And John Stewart and I, I love that we should be getting at minimum six. I'm expecting eight episodes of 45 minutes each, at least 45 minutes of these characters. That is so much more time than we would get out of a Green Lantern movie. And this particular slice of the DC. Universe. I don't just mean the film. I mean the comics. It's rich. You could have, you could ignore just about everything else that comes with DC and hang out in the Green Lantern world for a good decade, and you wouldn't be running out of content. It would be outstanding. So I'm all for introducing these characters in, or at least giving them it's entirely possible to introduce another movie. So I shouldn't get ahead of myself. But giving them a show to have that time—that is awesome. Well, extraordinarily. Exciting. I don't want to. I don't want to get your hopes up. Do it anyway. But Peacemaker was eight episodes, and yep. it was about forty minutes. Yeah. So I'm assuming with Ooh. stuff like that, they're going to follow that format. Totally agree. Totally so, agree. Yeah. No, I think I think that's the most exciting thing to see. You can do a lot of different stuff and introduce a lot of cool characters. I think the sky's the limit. color spectrum. I mean, there's that concept that is wild. There are a myriad of outstanding villains that come from the Green Lantern legacy. So there is so much to draw from here. I I love the idea of a slow burn, so to speak, with the show opening up that Green Lantern world. That's incredible to me. I think that's great. So... Talk myself into it. I am most excited for this. It's great. I'm there with you. Amazing how I have that power. Look at you go. Look at you go. You insult my age, and yet you still, <laughs> still draw me that right is, in. That is so funny. Zach is my boy. 
That is so funny. Oh, anything else you want to say on the on the lanterns front? Anybody? Yeah. I like this question. Anybody you'd want to see cast as John Stewart? There is one for John. Okay. And I'm trying to remember this actor because it was in. Uh, Oh man, I got I gotta do I gotta do a deep search here. Um, this feels like a very lazy pick. I'm gonna throw it out there anyway because it's it is lazy, but I do mean it. I would love to see Michael B. Jordan as John Stewart. I would be okay with that. Mm-hmm. I was thinking um, John David Washington. Yep. Yeah. And I think I see him a lot for fan casts. Yep. I haven't seen him in a lot, but I would be totally cool with that. And then there was a Yeah, I think that's my my top pick. And then there was also this is this is gonna be a really Let's odd. Go with Denzel Washington. Let's go with his old man. Denzel. Dude, Denzel in his prime would have been perfect. <laughs> now Denzel you can call old. He, he he's, he's aged there. like fine wine. He's there. Um he's there is another guy and he was just the in the Glass Onion movie, and he was also on uh, in mm. Hamilton on Broadway. Yep, yep, yep. His uh, name is uh, Leslie Odom Jr. Yep. I think he would be also fantastic. There you go. Yep. So those are my some of my picks that I've thought about. I enjoyed Mr. Odom Jr. in the Glass Onion movie. Yes. Sure. Okay, good picks. Good picks. All right. The last show that was announced is Paradise Lost. Now, this is a... Wonder Woman... Game of Thrones-esque is how they described right, it. Right, So it's set... It feels very prequel-y. doesn't feel like it's set in the present where the rest of these shows and movies exist because it's exploring the origins of Themyscira, also sometimes known as Paradise Island. Now, maybe I'm reading too much into what they released, but that's how it felt to me when they're talking about it's exploring the origins... Perhaps they're exploring the origins with flashbacks, so it's still set in the present. But regardless, Paradise Lost, we're getting some uh, in-depth hangout time with the ladies of Themyscira. So I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. There's a lot of uh, a lot of potential to delve into that again, that God's side of this chapter, because depending on which version of Wonder Woman. Whether it's pre-New 52, New 52, or post-New 52, uh, it is intertwined with your classic you know, Greek pantheon gods, Zeus, Ares, Athena, etc. Um, so there's intrigue there. There's that, uh, there's that magical element. I, I just don't know enough about the show to, to say, hey, I'm really hyped for this. And in particular... I, I don't know what it means for the character of Wonder Woman because I've enjoyed that character. I've enjoyed Gal Gadot's portrayal. This doesn't really give us a whole lot of info on what's happening there. No. And I, and it doesn't even say she's going to be in it, <laughs> which I think would be super odd if they do a, a show on Themyscira and don't have Wonder Woman involved at all. Well, listen, at least we get Amanda Waller in her own show. God, that irritated me. Yeah. <laughs> the fact yeah. that we're having a discussion irritated me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's You can't have this show without Wonder Woman. Can you? No. And not in my opinion. I don't know. It's so vague. It is. It's so vague. It is. There's got to be a couple characters. Because I'm like, I'm going through 
all the Wonder Woman characters. There have been a couple other people. You have Wonder Girl, the two Wonder Girls that there have been, yeah. Donna, Donna Troy and uh, Cassie, Cassie, Kathy. And then, uh, you know, you have Artemis, sure. and she's a cool character. Yep. I don't, I don't know. Here's what, again, here's what's bizarre to me. The solo Wonder Woman movies, of which there have been two, they've both been excellent. The first one was a classic. The second one is a good sequel. It's not at the same level as the original, but it is a good, solid sequel. They were both set in the past. Right. In the 19-teens and then 19-freaking-84. This is a layup for, hey, how do, how do we fit this character into the present? You, you, just, you just put her in. That's it. All you got to do is put her in. Right. Well, but what about the people that saw Justice League and Batman v Seriously, none of them, the dozens of us that have seen both, none of us are going to fault or demand, hey, this has to make sense with those movies. No, it doesn't. No. We're ready to move on. Yep. Just put her in the dang put her in the dang DCU. She's a phenomenal character. I've enjoyed the casting of Gal, Do- Gal Gadot. I think she has portrayed and grown into the character quite well, particularly in those two solo movies. She seems to love playing the character, so what are we doing here? I don't know. I don't get it. But you have to have the Trinity, in my opinion, so I think it's kind of silly if you don't have her. Yeah. That's Th- where I'm at. This feels to me like they haven't yet come to amicable terms with Gal Gadot. I think if at it, all. If if at all, right? I'm guessing there's some effort being made, but I would also imagine that Patty Jenkins, the director of the first two Wonder Woman movies, isn't feeling too excited about the fact that her planned third movie in her trilogy has been axed, right? So you've got some, you've got some smoothing out to do. And as far as world building is concerned, I thought Patty did one heck of a job with the mascara in the first two movies. So, sure seems like she'd be a great resource. Don't get it. It's odd. But Paradise Lost. There it is. Okay, so there's the roster. There's the rundown, again, of what's been announced so far. There are more movies and shows to come to be announced. What was announced and shared were five movies and five shows. Chapter 1 is supposed to span anywhere from 8 to 10 years. And if you're doing the math, let's round it up to the 10 because that's the nice round number. If there's going to be two movies a year and two shows a year, this is only half of what is still to come. So on that note and in that light, unless you want to backtrack and feel free to do so and hit on other items here, I thought it was time for another classic JP and the Beans. Top. Um, five. It's top five time. It is. Top it's top five, five time. time. We've hit everything we needed to hit. It's totally top agree. five time. Totally agree. All right. Top five characters that have not yet been announced that we would like to see in chapter one: gods and monsters. Riley, you go first with number five. I want to first say that most, if not all, of these I want to be series. So I'm going to start that premise off okay. right okay. there. So I didn't come up with a movie. Great. But I came up with... Characters that in particular you'd like to see in a show. 
I'm starting off number five with the and see, I kind of also had James Gunn in mind because I like I know okay. he likes the uniqueness of yes. some stuff, yes. and I think that's where DC can really thrive. I think they have a lot of oddball characters <laughs> compared so compared to Marvel. They're, they're so out. So number five, I have the Metal Men. Mm-hmm. It's unique enough. I think it'd be fun. Love that pick. I think I'm going Metal Men with Those number are great five characters. Right, great characters. They're extraordinarily unique, and they they, they would just be fun supporting characters in yep. other projects. Yes, like you don't have to have 19 seasons of the Metal Men, but if you have like one li- limited series and then yep. they show up in a Justice League, yep. to help out for 10 minutes, I think that's pretty cool. Mm, that's great. You know what I mean? Yep. Like that's pretty cool. That's great. It's my number five. All right, great number five. Love that. My number five is a duo. Hawkman and Hawkgirl are my number five. I think that those characters have their own very unique lore. The idea of the fact that they are so entwined with each other and yet very tragic, right? A little romance in there, but hey, you die, you get reincarnated. The amnesia thing kicks in. You don't necessarily remember what's happened in the past. You remember some of it. Fascinating. Fascinating. I'd love to see Hawkman and Hawkgirl. That's my number five. Solid pick. Thank you. Solid pick. My number four, Cyborg. This is a little bit of... uh, I'm going to throw a bone. I'm going to throw a bone here to Zack Snyder's Justice League cut. Ray Fisher portrayed Cyborg extraordinarily well. In particular, in the extended cut where he was given just more room to do things. And I thought he was awesome. I've enjoyed the character of Cyborg in the Justice League comics since he became an integral part with the New 52 over a decade ago. I would really enjoy seeing Cyborg, not as a solo character in a solo movie, but I think he is a tremendous supporting character. So Cyborg is my number four. My number four is Firestorm. Because of the power set being super unique. Yep. Um, and the dynamic between the two characters becoming the one. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really fascinating thing that you could do a lot of different things with. So I'm going to say Firestorm at number four. Okay. Great choice. Love that. At, number three, sir. And my number three changed, which is hilarious because of what ah. happened. So my original number three was Hawkman and Hawkgirl. They, they dropped off the list. Hello. Because... And I only had him that high because I liked Hawkman in Black Adam. You bet. But I don't know yeah. if they'd bring him back for Hawkman at this point in time. So I have no idea what's going on with that. Again, he's best friends with Amanda Waller. He's got the in. You think. You would think. But you don't know. <laughs> Number three, I have Static Shock. And we mentioned this oh, before. Okay. Okay. And I love Static. I grew up with Static. He's a unique, cool character. He's also like a fanboy of the other heroes. Because mm-hmm. like I remember him teaming up with Batman. And he yep. was like, I'm teaming up with Batman. Man, this is awesome. So I'm going Static Shock at number three. Great pick. I love Static. Love that. My number three is Sinestro. I want to see outstanding villains. We talked about Lex Luthor earlier, so he could have existed here in this place. I feel safe that we're going to get Lex Luthor. So what I'm not as certain about, hopeful, optimistic, but I would love to see Sinestro and give me... Sinestro, creating the Yellow Lantern Corps. Sinestro, wreaking havoc, unleashing fear, because it's just the right thing to do. Fear controls people in the universe, and the universe needs to be controlled. Hence, fear, 
and Sinestro and his yellow lantern core. Give me some Sinestro. That's my number three. My number two is Plastic Man. If there is a DC character that is James Gunn, it's Plastic Man. He's freaking nuts. He's hilarious. And part of what is great and extraordinary is his power set is actually nigh unstoppable. Pretty cool. He is ridiculous. He's not just Mr. Fantastic from Fantastic Four that can stretch out. He can shapeshift. He is extraordinarily malleable. He is durable, is all get out. And in his own way, he's freaking fearless. He just jumps in and he always can get everyone's go. So give me some Plastic Man. I think it's a great pick. Number two. My number two, Plastic Man. Come on! Come on! <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had the same thing. Yes. It's all the same thoughts. I was like, you know what? We haven't seen a really good it's plastic, man. Well, not even that. We haven't even seen a really well portrayed stretchy guy yeah. in a very long time. Give us a stretchy guy. Yeah, right. You bet. So that's you number bet. two. Okay, if your number one is not the number one that I think it is, hey, I'll I'll tell you what. I forgot him one time. I will never do it again. Good. I will never Good. do it again. This it, will always be it's one. the only it's number the one. Only number it one. is Martian Manhunter 100%. by far. Hundred percent by. Far, not even close. No, it's not. Do you know how awesome it is? See, first of all, if you're going to do a detective series, you give it to Martian Manhunter, who is a detective. Interesting. Could we see him introduced in Lanterns? Oh, don't, don't you start with me. <laughs> if, any, if, any, if any character deserves any kind of love, mm -hmm. it is Martian Manhunter. This man deserves it. Mm-hmm. Martian Manhunter, what a what a phenomenal character. Part of what I enjoy so much is how much in the, I want to call it the original. So Grant Morrison, we've thrown his name out there because James Gunn has cited him as a direct inspiration with the Brave and the Bold, right? Well, Grant Morrison made his bones on a Justice League run in, would have been like late 90s, early 2000s, that's tremendous, absolutely classic status and Martian Manhunter is a critical component of that group during Grant Morrison's time and the link that he is that he provides between all of these diverse characters that come and go in the Justice League Martian Manhunter is one of the steady bedrocks of that group and in such an extraordinary way because he can relate to Superman he can relate to Batman, he can relate to one woman and everybody else in between. He's he's the green glue. And here is the best selling point for Martian Manhunter in case DC gets worried about anything. You could literally have anybody play a Martian Manhunter as long as you have the same voice when he's in alien form. Okay? That's literally it. You could have anybody be Martian Manhunter for three movies as long as when he goes alien, there's the same Epic voice, James Earl Jones-esque voice, voicing him. You got it. Perfect. You got it. Yeah. That's where I sit. Yeah, no question. I think this is the first time we had two matching. Right, top two. Our That's top impressive. two matched. Good for us. When you said plastic, I'm like, no shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, good for us. Huh? Absolutely love it. Well, a lot of fun to have so much tangible DC news to discuss. Uh, again, I still don't know... 
how hopeful how hopeful to feel. I, I feel like a little bit of a, a blend at this point. I'm hopeful. I'm very pessimistic, but I want to be I want to be thrilled. I'm open to it. Obviously, there's a long time between now and July 11, 2025. And in the meantime, as you stated before we started recording, we've got four freaking DC movies this year coming in hot. So there's a load of DC-ness coming our way. Be fascinating to see how it unfolds in the in the year to come. It's also interesting, and I just thought about it, but with the title of Gods and Monsters, I'm interested to see how some of those projects that you're like, where's the God and the monster coming to play? Yep. Like what that's going to be. Yep. So, cause, cause I feel like it's almost like a hint to all those movies. Mm-hmm. Cause they got to kind of follow that theme. You would think. So that's no, a great question. I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. Lots to feel optimistic about lots to be hopeful for. And I think part of what else is cool in the meantime, between now and then, a lot of great opportunity to get into some more DC comics and uh, and learn a little bit about some of these characters that we currently know Jack Schwatt. And this year still we're getting Shazam, we're getting yeah. Flash, we're getting Blue Beetle, we're getting Aquaman. You bet. It's a full DC it is. year. It is. So. It's great. It's great. Lots to look forward to. Lots to be hopeful for. I think that's it, Riles. I think it's it. Love it. Take us out, my man. Well, <laughs> You know what to do. You do. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Follow us, JP Beanstalk, on YouTube, on your listening podcast places. You've been cranking out some outstanding shorts on YouTube. Thank you. I've been Love trying it. really Love hard. It. I'm glad. They're glorious. I'm glad you like them. You bet. Got to um, Yes. Uh, and then also, Cloudy with a Chance of Beans is being put on hiatus. So... Uh, if you want to go check that out, I'm. it's going to be Magic Beans Productions from now on. Um, so it will be comedic entertainment focused. <laughs> I do not know um, more than that. So TV. we're kind of in the testing phases. Call James. See what he has so, to yeah. Mr. Gunn. Yeah, hit me up. I'm available. <laughs> so on that note, I think that's it. Yeah, appreciate you guys yeah. listening and watching. Thanks, everybody. God bless. Peace.